If you want a vital, vibrant, victorious relationship and fellowship with Jesus, then you got to do what Enoch did. Enoch spent time with God. It was a daily walk with him. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us as we continue our look at Enoch from Hebrews chapter 11. Now, Pastor, you said uh, if we want to have this vibrant relationship with God, we've got to look at what Enoch did. Obviously, he was spending time with God daily. Some people who are listening to this program are going to get that. They understand what that means. Others are going to say, well, how do I even go about doing that? What do you mean spend time with God daily? (laughs) That's very simple. It's an easy fix. Uh, Grab yourself uh, some time. Get a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. Grab your Bible. Find a place where uh, it's quiet, secluded, where you can... uh, Just commune with God upon the tables of your heart. Uh, Open your scripture. uh, Ask God to speak to you afresh and anew. This ought to be a a daily exercise for every believer Hmm. every day. And meeting with him, allowing him to speak to us, and we speak to him. That's how you develop any relationship. You got to have time. And so imagine what would happen, and I share this all the time, you have a lot of married couples, they're not soulmates, um, they're just roommates, mm-hmm. they're not even playmates, and it's because they may be in the same house, uh, but how much time are they spending with each other? How much time are they interacting and communicating? And, and so... Uh, it's the same way in our relationship with our Lord. Look at Jesus Christ. Luke talks about the prayer life of our Lord and Savior Jesus more than anyone. And uh, more than all, all of the other three Gospels combined, as a matter of fact. He wanted us to see uh, the vital nature of the prayer life of Jesus in going to the Father, spending time with him, and uh, building up. Uh, himself in uh, the faith that is in God. Hmm. Great reminder that uh, what we are to do and we are to be doing that daily. And for a lot of people to hear that, that's a little bit intimidating. I remember uh, several years ago talking with a friend who, you know, his quiet time with the Lord had been lacking. And he said, all right, I'm going to spend an hour with God every day, every day. I would say, here's what I would say, Steve. Uh, Get up 10 minutes earlier yeah. than what you usually get up and say, I'm going to read a few verses of scripture and just pray. Begin the habit. That's it. You set the bar so high when you fail, you yeah, give up. You, you discourage yourself. Yeah. And here's the way I like to say it. You sow a deed, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap a lifestyle. You sow a lifestyle, you reap an eternity. That's where you you start. You start with a thought, and then you do a deed, and that deed becomes a habit, and that habit becomes a lifestyle. Absolutely. Well, with that, let's get into God's Word today. We are in Hebrews chapter 11, really looking at verses 5 and 6, as we continue a message entitled, Just a Closer Walk with Thee. Here is Pastor Ford. See, the problem is, You want Jesus on the installment plan. I'll pay as I go. (laughs) 
See, here's all I'm saying. If you want a vital, vibrant, victorious relationship and fellowship with Jesus, then you got to do what Enoch did. Enoch spent time with God. And not just on Sunday. It was a daily walk with him. It wasn't an every other Sunday and every other Wednesday relationship. It wasn't a verse a day to keep the devil away. It was a hungering and thirsting for the presence of God. When have you hungered and thirsted to be in the presence of God? Because the Bible says, blessed are those who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So Hebrews says this, okay, it says, uh, without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that casually seek him. Oh, it doesn't say that? Diligently seek him. Oh, uh, uh, he's a reward of those who occasionally seek him. Uh, who seek him every other Sunday. Once a month. Never come to Bible study. Never darken the doors of a Sunday school class. No, diligently. Now, I know what you're saying. Well, see, I, it don't mean I'm spiritual just because I come to church and go to Sunday school. And I, I, there's people, I'm more spiritual. No, no, it doesn't mean that. But you know what it means? Let me tell you what it means. If you are a disciple, no one has to tell you to do those things. Because you do that. I know when I talk to people about this stuff, there are people who, it's over their head because they say, I do this. They don't do it to prove anything. They do it because of who they are. Because if you're really in touch with Jesus, then you'll want to be in Bible study. You will want to go to Sunday school. Why? Because you're going to learn more about him. You're going to do the things that he commanded you to do. Not forsaking the assembly of yourselves together. Yeah. Don't tell me you love Jesus and not do the things he says do. Because in John 15, he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Did he not command us as a church to gather together? How many times do we gather together? Only three times, Sunday morning, Sunday school, and Wednesday night. You mean to tell me you say you love God and you can't gather in obedience to him the three times that he tells you to gather? I bet you if that was your girls going out, it you wouldn't matter what, how many times it was. If your boys was getting together for something, you wouldn't matter. Okay, all right, I'll leave it alone. I'll leave it alone. But no, you love Jesus. Mm -hmm. He says you got to have a hunger and thirst for God. Here's what Enoch said. And, and listen, what it said, the word with, let me tell you what it means. Accompaniment of fellowship side by side. So he walking with God, I mean right beside him. What a privilege. What a privilege. Enoch walked side by side. No committed one Sunday and bedside Baptist the next Sunday. Here's what he said. He said, Lord, can I roll with you? And the Lord said, sure enough, come on. Yeah, I'm going to be your road dog. I'm going to be with you wherever you go, Lord, because I just want you. The Lord said, you do? He said, yeah, so I'm going to be sticking with you, Lord. I'm going to be sticking with you. And I want you to know I ain't going nowhere. I'm sticking with you like white on rice. I'm sticking with you like a duck on a June bug. So 
Why did he walk with God? Now get this. I don't know about you, but, but I know like me, Richie, uh, Brother Avery, all these preachers back here. Every, we, we, this turns us on. This is like, oh my goodness. So, so here, I'm reading this and I say, oh man, look at this. Now, the chapter is a chapter that talks about the antediluvian uh, people and how long they lived. Okay, so they lived some long time. So, so they lived longer. And, and here's the operative word, and he died, and he died, and he died, and he died, and he died. But there's one where a person didn't die. Listen to it. For the first 65 years of his life, he didn't walk with God. But at the 65th year of his life, he started walking with God. Now, what changed him? Now, get this. Here's what it says. Listen to the text. It says, and all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So when did he start walking with God? Verse 22. And Enoch walked with God after he begot Methuselah. Methuselah, this child was born. All of a sudden, Enoch gets saved. What about the child made Enoch get saved? His name. His name, Meluth, means to die. Shelach means to send forth. His name means when he dies, it shall come. So then what God did in his 65th year when he gave him a child and told him to name it Methuselah, gave him forewarning that the flood was coming, that he was going to destroy the earth. And when you do the chronology, I didn't do it, but I, there are plenty of scholars and you can even Google it because I Googled it. You can get it because they have all the dates in here. So then if you look at Adam lived this long and then begot and then they begot, here's what you have. You have... It says in, in Genesis 7, 6, that the flood was in the 600th year of Noah. So Noah was 600 years old when the flood came. So then, uh, when did the flood came? The flood came 1,656 years after Adam was created. Now, when was Methuselah born? In the 687th year. How long did he live? 969 years. When did he die? 1,656 year. So then the day he died was the day the flood came. So then God had given Enoch revelation and the revelation changed everything about him. Now get this, this, this will really shout you. I, I know, I know that, that, that doesn't get somebody, but, but look at, look at Jude. Look at Jude. It's right before revelation. Look at Jude. I'm not even going to mess with you and say second chapter because uh, everybody, see, everybody that laughed knows there isn't one and everybody that didn't don't know their Bible very well. All right, here we go. Verse 14. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these saying, behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment on and on. Guess what? Not only did he show him the immediate flood, he showed him the ultimate Armageddon because that verse tells us that God told Enoch, now that's been 6,000 years ago. He told him 6,000 years ago that Jesus would come with his saints in Revelation 19, in Jude 14. So here's what happened. He gave him information, revelation, and it changed his life. But here's what I want you to see that this man lived differently because he had revelation. 
That is, he got a word from God and he believed by faith what God had said, so he ordered his life around this word. Well, we do have to hit the pause button right there, but we'll continue this message. Just a closer walk with thee in just a moment here with Pastor Ford. If you're ever in the Chicago area, you can always visit Christ Bible Church of Chicago and hear Pastor Ford speak live. You can get the info when you come to our website, treasuredtruthradio.org, and click on the About link. Mention that Pastor Ford is also an author, and you can check out the different books that he's written by coming to the website, and on the left side of the homepage, you'll see a link there that says Books by Pastor Ford. Again, our website address, treasuredtruthradio.org. Back to the message. Here's Pastor Ford. I was picking up one of the members, and uh, I, I picked this person up a couple times, and I, I've been that way a few times. And so this time, I'm on my way uh, uh, to church. We're on our way to church, and I pull up to the red light. And uh, I pull up to this red light at least three or four times uh, in the past. I know there's a sign there that says no turn on red. But the woman in front of me, she turned on red. I'm getting ready to turn on red. And the saint said, Pastor Ford, you're getting ready to, to break the law. And of course, you know, uh, uh, you know, when there's no police around, you know, but then you got a member, you know. So how you going to preach to somebody and tell them to obey the law? And you, so I hit the brakes. Oh, and this is what I said. She said, that sign's up there. I said, yeah, yeah, okay. And, and, uh, and I looked at it. I said, man, I see that sign plenty of times. But you know what I was doing? I was looking at the car in front of me instead of looking at the revelation. And because I was ready to just follow them, I was about to disobey the revelation. But check this out. The car that was behind me pulled around me to make a, red, a right on red. I said, look at that. She does it. I almost follow her. And this guy say, I don't care what the signs say and goes around. Now come here and let me let you go home. God has given us a revelation. And what you're doing is you're looking at your girlfriends, you're looking at your homeboys. And, and so they're dating unbelievers. And so now you're going to date unbelievers, even though God tells you in the word, don't, don't you date an unbeliever. So you're going to, you, and then some of you, you know what the word says. You like the guy behind me. You just going to go on around anybody that's going to wait and, and, and wait for the Lord and wait for the revelation to come to pass. You're going to go on around and circumvent it. And the problem is some of you are just like me. Instead of waiting and watching and listening to this revelation, you running through lights and getting tagged for it and getting tickets. I said, you know what? I, I, I could do it. I don't see anybody around, but what if he's waiting? Then I end up in traffic. Court. And I already done that this month. I mean, this year, early in the year. That's right. I can't lie because there's two other people from this assembly that was in there with me. And when I walked in, they said, Pastor, you too? I said, I told you my right foot ain't saved yet. So what am I saying? I'm telling you, listen, that, that, that you've got to get to the place where you say, you know what? I'm about to walk with God. You know, I, I like boxing. I like boxing. And uh, they had a great fight on. Manny Pacquiao and Rafael Marquez. Always a fight. And, and this is what I noticed. Uh, Marquez had 17 pounds on this guy. But he whooped him like he stole something. I'm telling you. And, uh, and, um, but here's what I like. While he was in the corner, his coach is Freddie Roach. And he sit down after each round of fighting. And Freddie Roach would say, now get off of those ropes. You're playing his game when you get on those ropes. Now get off of those ropes. While Freddie is coaching him, 
telling them what to do and not to do, there's a corner man he's called. And the corner man, he's putting water in his mouth and taking his mouthpiece and rinsing it out with water. Then he grabs his pants and pulls them up like that and say, now take a breath. <sighs> Come on, breathe again. All the time, Freddie Roach is coaching him. He's coaching him. He's coaching him. And the corner man saying, take another sip of water. Okay, all right. And then the cut man, he's not saying anything, but he's working on the cuts. He's putting the Vaseline in and then putting the pressure point on so that uh, he wouldn't have to worry about bleeding while he's fighting. And all the time, they're getting ready. Then he goes back in. Bam, 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 upside his head. And I thought about it. I said, you know what? I'm walking with God. And it's a daily walk. And I don't want to slip behind. But I'm grateful that this passage teaches me that I'm not by myself. That as I'm fighting in the ring with the devil, and remember, I'm not fighting for victory, I'm fighting from victory. The victory was won at Calvary, and Jesus already won the battle. But the devil, how many know that the devil ain't going to throw in no towel? That the devil takes everything he has to try to take everything that we have. And so he ain't giving up. He know he's going to hell. He's going to take as many people with him as he can. And since he can't take none of us, he want to steal our testimony. And so I'm fighting him and I'm fighting him and I'm in there fighting him and I'll get tired. How many know that you get weary, that you get worn, that you get sad? And so I go in to my ring. It's my prayer closet. And I get down and, and all of a sudden the coach, God the Father says, okay, now listen, here's what's happening. You know, you got to be careful because you're messing up. You just keep your mind where you're supposed to keep your mind. He's coaching me. He says, yeah, whenever he comes to you and he tells you to say, you devil, you are a liar. And while he's coaching me and telling me what to say, tell him you're more than a conqueror. Tell him the greater is he. Okay, okay, Father, okay, I got it. And so then the, the corner man, that's the Holy Ghost. He's just filling me up and filling me up. And he says, breathe. And I breathe out sin and inhale power. And I breathe out sin and I inhale power. And, and, and I feel myself getting ready. To, but wait a minute. There's a silent person on the team. He's my cut man. Because see, how many know you get bruised and battered and worn when you're a Christian soldier? This ain't no picnic. This ain't the love boat. This is a battleship. And sometimes we take hits. He's working on my cuts. He's wiping away my blood with his blood. Yeah. And he's pouring in the oil uh, of gladness from the balm of Gilead. Yeah. And then after they get done working on me, my team, I get back out there. And I say, come on. Yo, yo, devil. Yo, one more row. Yeah. That's it. That's it. A walk with him. And the only question on the floor, do you want to walk with Jesus as bad as Jesus wants to walk with you? Well, we got a call late at night. And uh, thank God you prayed up, stayed up go to a hospital with the person and uh, stay there till everything's taken care of. On my way back home, found myself in the middle of the morning. It's two or three o'clock. And I always talk about, you know, you're clubbing and you're churching. And some of you who club say, 
why he get on that all the time? Why he get on that? Oh, here we go. Why he get on? Ain't nothing wrong with clubbing. The Bible don't say it's a sin, and the Bible don't. But sister, let me tell you what I saw. I should have went home and turned off at 87th Street. But I said, let me turn off at 75th. I ain't seen nightlife in over 20 years. I want to see what it looks like. So I'm turned off on 75th, come down a block and a half, and there's the 50 on the south side. And I saw them people coming out of there, and I said to myself, oh, my goodness. And the Holy Spirit kept saying, you're getting bruised. You're getting battered. My coach kept saying, all right, now you're losing this fight. Get off of this street. And I said to myself, now I have the context. Because anybody that goes where I saw, you ain't gone for no good reason. Because I said to myself, Thank God I'm delivered from this because I can see myself in a whole bunch of messes. And so I had to get back in the corner, get in the ring, let my coach coach me, let my corner man feel me, and let my cut man heal me up even though I was only cut because of my own stupidity. And I'm here to tell you, and I just shared it so you'll know, you ain't the only one. But he has for you and I a walk of fellowship. And the question on the floor is, do you want just a closer walk with Jesus? You know, if you're feeling defeated by your own choices, maybe knocked down by some foolish mistakes, take courage. God is in your corner, and the fact that you're listening today is a good sign that you do want a closer walk with Him. And we're here to tell you that victory is possible. Well, you're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., and if we can pray for you or maybe offer encouragement of any sort, just get in touch with us. Fill out the contact form on our website when you go to treasuretruthradio.org. Well, as we draw near to another election year, Hot-button topics like same-sex marriage, immigration, abortion, and racism are provoking harsh reactions from people on both sides of the issue. Maybe you have friends and family who are attacking each other on social media or even across the dinner table. You know, as Christians, we can't afford to avoid these topics, but how should we respond? Well, David Platt has been a pastor, professor, evangelist, and the president of the International Missions Board. And in his book, Counterculture, he draws on a wide range of experiences to show how Christians can respond with compassion and truth in these changing times. And we want you to have a copy of this book. It'll help as you navigate the political and social landscape of our time. So ask for your copy of Counterculture when you give a gift of any amount and support Moody Radio. Just call 888-644-7660 or go online to treasuretruthradio.org. You know, your gifts are making a difference. In fact, you wouldn't be listening right now if it weren't for the financial support of men and women just like you. So give a gift and ask for Counterculture when you call 888-644-7660 or again, treasuretruthradio.org. Our producer is Amy Rios and I'm Steve Hiller. I hope you'll join us again next week when Pastor Ford wraps up his message here on Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio. 
a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.